0: Welcome inside the bubble here. Mike and Micah going to break down this past weekend. We had a ton of good games, a ton of games that felt like it was playoff intensity. Like uh, we just finished watching the Rockets and the Bucks to end off our weekend. So we had to jump on the pod and just break down everything from this weekend, everything that we saw, our takes on what these teams are going to end up doing uh, the rest of the seeding games. So, Micah, we're going to go all the way back to Friday. And let's start off with the Celtics versus the Bucks. Uh, mm-hmm. This game, the Bucks won 119-112. The Celtics struggled. Jason Tatum had a terrible game. Uh, he had the throw. He still had the throw at that moment. Uh, it looked like everything was going wrong for the Celtics, but they were able to bounce back. On the other hand, the Bucs looked very good in that game. Uh, Giannis with a 30-point game. Giannis had 30 points against the Rockets uh, tonight, too. 36, I believe. 36, 18, and 8, but it was eight, but came up short in that game. So I want to start with the Celtics specifically. Between their game against the Bucks, uh, the game against the Bucks on Friday, and then today, uh, their game against the Blazers, what was the biggest difference for you in that game? Was it just Jason Tatum, or did you see something from the Bucks, where's from the Celtics, where you're like, if this team plays like this, like that first half, they could go all the way to the championship and potentially even win it?
1: I think the biggest thing for the Celtics is, well, yes, Jason Tatum is the key ingredient to all of this, bro. I mean, when you're best player is, of course, as young as he is, but it's not an excuse for what he did against the Bucks Friday night. When he comes back and he does what he does today against the Blazers, you're going to have a better result. Uh Jason Tatum is, we all know, he's probably one of the most talented young players, like just, just raw potential. And it's still being tapped into on his side. But when you go from only making, what, two buckets, he shot like, what, two of 18, two of 19 yep. against yeah against the bucks, and then you come back and you put up thirty points thirty four points shooting fifty percent from the field. that's gonna be a game changer um and even so, and we'll talk about it with the bucks um you know there was the celtics were still in that game um uh, it's something where like the Celtics are a good enough of a team where they're always going to end up correcting their mistakes, whether they make them in the first half or the second half, but as a team, the Celtics just have to really just attack the second half um a little bit harder than they do sometimes in the first half um yes. The Boston Celtics did jump out to a big lead against the Blazers today, but they kind of, you know, reeled it yeah, back cool. a little bit. Yeah, they. It's one of those things where, like, if they could just complete a full game, I don't know if a lot of teams could beat them. Not just in the East, but the league. So, uh, yes, Jason Tatum is the recipe for success. Um, him playing forty minutes is something that kind of needed to happen. I think he just needed to get back in his groove. Um, they'll probably give him a little bit of a minutes restriction for the next game, but uh. You have that going on. It's a great thing. Shout out to Jalen Brown, who's probably been the most consistent player. I was just be to bring that up. Yeah, even though it's only been two games, bro. I mean, Jalen Brown, he needs the love from national media. It can't just be one of those things where, like, he's getting snubbed or wherever it is. This guy is an all-star player. And then I think going forward, we're going to start seeing him in some all-NBA conversations. He is he's a beast, bro. And uh, I'm he's going to keep taking over. And if that happens, if you get one of those situations where you're getting 50, 55 points from your two best players – I think they're coming out of the East, and I just say that now, really. So, I like what I saw from the Celtics. I just want them to pull a full game together. That's all I want from that team.
0: Yeah, so with the Celtics, uh, like you said, it it all boils down to Jason Tatum. As good as Jason Tatum is going to be, that's as far as they're going to go. Yeah, Mm -hmm. Jalen Brown, like you said, props to him. He closed out the game for them. He had 16 points in the fourth quarter, was hitting threes, was perfect in the fourth quarter. But – They got out to that big lead because of how Jason Tatum was playing. When Jason Tatum in the second half, he didn't have as an explosive pass, we saw exactly what happened. The Blazers were able to come back and make this a game. So if the Celtics want to go far, Jason Tatum has to be on his A game. And we talked about this in our group chat. They need a big. Unfortunately, Mm -hmm. like, there's no way that uh, Taco's going to be playing because he's not even active. So you're stuck with Ennis Cantor, who's probably the worst defensive center in the NBA, and Daniel Tice, who plays very hard but he's just short and he he's just going he's just going to be out rebound like he had some problems with Nurkic today even Hassan Whiteside he would have problems with and yeah he he adds an ability to uh, space out the floor but if they're not able to get that big to secure them down low I just find it hard for them to go through uh an east where you have like a Celtics or a Raptors team that is very long or the Bucks that have Giannis and Brooke Lopez it just gets very tough after a while. Um. The Blazers obviously run with, like, a smaller lineup to close out, and that went to their benefit. But the way that the Blazers were able to come back was because, like, they had the Nurkic and the white side. Mm-hmm. Dame was able to fight, get it an open, and they were able to get offensive rebounds. And it just wasn't able to work for the Celtics. So trying to find a way where they can combat big players. Um, they don't have – they have a P.J. Tucker like in Marcus Smart, but P.J. Tucker is a big body. Marcus Smart is a great defender, but he's not big enough to – be in the low post with those big guys. We saw P.J. Tucker on Giannis all night tonight, and he was able to, even though Giannis went off, he was able to give Giannis some fix. Yeah, and throw Yon- him off the
1: game a little bit, just a yeah, little bit.
0: Yeah, he altered his game, and you don't have that person that can do that for um, the Celtics yet. So I think that's their biggest problem uh, going into it. But moving from the Celtics, let go, let's go to the Bucs.
1: Mm.
0: Bucks on the other hand, um, I mean, we saw them, the good and the bad Bucks. We saw them be able to close out against the Celtics, but then we saw him not be able to close out against the Rockets. I think the biggest thing right now is uh, Wesley Matthews and Dante DiVincenzo are getting a lot of minutes. Mm-hmm. And without Eric Bledsoe there, they're trying to split those minutes up, and it's just not working. They went two for 12 from the field, uh, from three-point from three line. That's never going to cut it. Uh, Giannis, right now, he's like Shaq. He has a different body type but he's like Shaq. Yeah, the games when, are
1: so like similar. Like, they yeah. even broke it down earlier. Mark Jackson had a good uh, – he was talking about it early before the game. It was, it was really interesting, and it was a good comparison in my opinion.
0: Yeah, he's like Shaq. And the reason why Shaq was really never able to win until Kobe came was because in those last-second shots, you're, you're not going down to the low post for 10 seconds of mm-hmm. somebody backing down and doing a jump hook or trying to get in the lane and lay it up. He's going to need somebody that's going to make those shots. That 1B that one, that one B person or that 2 is supposed to be Chris Middleton. Chris Middleton, granted, he had a pretty decent game, but in the clutch moments, he was nowhere to be found. He missed two threes, he rushed shots, and he wasn't able to get it done. If Giannis wants to get in the conversation of, like, greatest player of all type, he's going to have to be able to de- develop that shot where he's confident enough to take it in the last seconds because that's what makes, that's what separates you from a Shaq who is an all-time great, but he's never in the conversation of, the greatest of all times because lebron kobe jordan all mm. those players they were taking the last second shots and you would never get to be in that tier until you're able to make those type of shots so i think that the bucks are, are a great team and they were they were able to they were able they almost essentially like did everything they wanted until the last two minutes when mm-hmm. it came down to we need to get these buckets Giannis was able to get a couple of layups here and there but middleton didn't really do much. Uh, didn't really do much. I mean, like from in those last two minutes, uh, Wesley Matthews went one for six from the field. Divasenzo went four for ten, and you didn't really get much production from the bench. So, Michael, what what exactly do the Bucks have to do in these next six games to fine tune and get themselves ready for uh, the playoffs, and even try to make it to the NBA Finals? Because you are a proponent of one of the East teams, and I think we're going to get to them eventually in the Raptors. Are going to end up beating the Bucks. That's that's what you're saying because they mm-hmm. don't have that closer yet. So what do the Bucks need to do to be able to get to that next stage?
1: Honestly, and it might take a couple of losses on the way, but luckily they do have the one seed. You know, pretty much secured.
0: Yep, they're gonna have to
1: take some losses, and they're gonna have to take them not relying on Giannis. I want to see Giannis in a different light. First of all, and you mentioned it, which is a great, very great point. They're missing Eric Bledsoe, to like so terribly right now. For as maybe underrated as he's been, maybe his, like, whole career, bro, he's such an important piece, and he provides consistent scoring, like, that you're not going to see. Like, Eric Bessel will get you a solid 18 to 20 points, and that's exactly what they need right now, because in the 50 minutes that Dante DiVincenzo and Wesley Matthews has played, neither, neither of them have gotten over, you know, 20 points total. And that's in two games, I believe. Unless I'm looking yeah. at the stats wrong. Stuff no, like that. you're not.
0: You're not. Yeah,
1: they, they have basically attributed nothing to the score. And it's basically been the Giannis show. Um, On Friday, Chris Middleton only put up 18. And today, he definitely put up his scoring. But the only consistent here is Giannis scoring 35-plus points and doing whatever he wants on the court. But this is the stagnation that can't happen for the Bucs. Not even just to get to the finals. We even get past the Eastern teams. Yes, the Bucks have a, a great you know unit around them. But... <laughs> when you're too reliant on your big guy, and basically this is Giannis, and you're too reliant on just one style of play, you're going to lose. And we saw this last year in the playoffs, in my opinion, um, with, you know, as far as Chris Milton just not showing up. He showed up tonight and they still found a way to lose. I want to see the Bucs, honestly, change up their lineup a little bit. I want to see other players, you know, find a role. I, honestly, I kind of want to see Kyle Clover play more minutes. Maybe they can do something with him where he's getting maybe 25-plus minutes and, and just kind of just pacing them and taking up more shots and things like that. Because right now, the formula works some nights for the Bucs, and it's been working all season, of course. But honestly, I think teams have found – I mean, you know, they've had enough time to really just look at the Bucks and see what they – you know, see them for what they are. And, yes, Giannis is going to do whatever the hell he wants on the court. We know this. but you can't, until you,
0: you can't win by yourself. Yo, not-
1: you literally cannot win by yourself, and everybody knows that. And even I'm not gonna lie, I don't even know if they can win with Chris Milton putting up 25 plus points a game, along with Giannis's 35 points If they split 50 points, I don't know where the other scoring is still coming from. Even if Eric Bledsoe comes in and gets you that 20 points, that's around that 70 point. I, I don't know if Brooke Lopez can even get you 15 points. I don't know if I don't, I don't know if Wesley Matthews, uh, excuse me, Wesley, uh, Wesley Matthews is going to pick up you know the production. I mean, yes, the Bucks are going to have to lose a couple games, in my opinion. and I think they will in the process of kind of finding themselves with or without Eric Bledsoe. Um, Eric Bledsoe coming back is going to help them, but damn, I don't want to see Giannis go out like this because he is a great player. And you know, for as much as I say about him, he needs to succeed just for his all-time, like for himself. Because what is MVP is good for? What is the MVP without you know uh, at least a finals? But
0: without a finals appearance, it's nothing. It's it's, it's literally it's nothing. nothing. Yeah, like if if this year if Giannis doesn't get. Because I think last year was a little bit premature because mm-hmm. Giannis was only, what, in his fourth year or so? Like yeah, we, absolutely. We, we, I think we were a step ahead. If this year, after you, you learned your lessons, you got your licks from Kawhi last year, and you're still not able to get to the finals, uh, even though we say the East is a lot better, the East is still relatively weak. Your first-round matchup, you're not even, like, you're playing mm-hmm. 25 minutes a game because you're going against the Nets. You're playing. He's going to play 25 minutes a game first round. The second round, you get potentially, what, the Sixers maybe? Mm-hmm. are the the Celtics or who who knows maybe the Raptors yeah it's a little bit of a tougher matchup but as great of a record you have you should be able to produce um in those moments for me the bucks uh, the bucks are just one piece away if they had like a Lou Williams type or somebody oh like that it it would it would help them tremendously um Chris Middleton the thing is he's not somebody that handles the ball mm-hmm. like we we saw him a little bit today but He's more of when Giannis is driving, he's a kickout guy. Most of, the, most of the guys on this team are kickout guys. And until you're able to have somebody that can create their own shot and in the last 10 seconds you trust them having the ball in their hand, mm-hmm. it, it's not going to happen because we saw what the Rockets did. Last, uh, last minute and 30, Giannis would drive, and there were three Rockets defenders there.
1: And that's, that's the Rockets with nobody over 6'9 on their e- entire roster.
0: Exactly. So th- there were three Rockets there uh Giannis when he drove and tried to kick it out to Kyle Corver. They knew because there were three guys there he wasn't gonna have an outlet out. Daniel House was writing perfectly for Giannis and stole the ball from him. If you had another guy that could create and work off of Giannis then you'll be able to you'll be able to have that yin and yang. But right now it's just a yin and it's not it's not gonna work. I think I think this is unfortunately what ends up leading to super teams and mm-hmm. stuff like that because you get so tired after a while. You're like, dang,
1: bro. It was the reality of the situation, I, bro. I, I it was keep, like I
0: keep doing this, and it's like I'm not able. I'm not able to get over the hump. Somebody like a, a Bradley Beal. If Bradley Beal was, if he didn't have John Wall coming back next year, you would. Be, I would be scared. Be like, man, Bradley Beal. <laughs> he's got to be tired of this scoring thirty points a night and just to lose or his team's not able to pick him up. So I think the Bucks are are definitely a inter- interesting team, and I think we saw the good and the bad of the Bucks this weekend and we just have to see what they're going to be able to do. Mm-hmm. But Eric Bledsoe, they need him back if they're going to have uh, – if they want to have a serious chance in uh, in the bubble. Yeah, but moving definitely. on from the Bucks, I think the the team with the best uh, – it's between the Raptors and the Rockets, but I would say the Rockets had a, definitely one of the best weekends in the bubble, beat the Mavericks 153-149, and then mm-hmm. obviously beat the Bucks. We've talked about this small ball lineup and how – I don't think in a seven-game series when you can plan for each and every game, I don't think that's going to work. But so far, I mean, they were doing well before we got into uh, before we got into the NBA hiatus. And then coming out, two wins, beating the Mavericks, who are a good team and obviously the number one team in the East, the bucks the best record. This Rockets team has looked pretty good the first two games.
1: Mm-hmm. Yo, honestly, and one of the surprising things about the Rockets is – I would consider them doing it efficiently now, in their own kind of rockets. Mike D'Antoni, I'm gonna give you the ultimate green light kind of way. Um, <laughs> they shot sixty-one damn three pointers tonight. Um, it was a little graphic. It said it was the tie for the uh, most in a regulation game, not including like you know overtimes and like that. I don't know if shooting sixty-one threes is necessarily the the recipe to win, but I mean
0: it... we we saw Game Seven against the Warriors
1: exactly. The problem, which, which still is the problem with the Rockets, is when you just rely on shot after shot after shot, dog, it's just, it just doesn't pan out. Some nights you have bad shooting nights. I mean, look at the Lakers. Look at the Lakers from the other night. They, I mean, Bron got them all the opportunities in the world to get open shots, and the shots just didn't go in. Sometimes they don't. That's ball. Even tonight, beating the Bucks, they only shot 39%. They didn't even crack the 40 mark. They shot 61 threes, and they made, what, 34%. And, of course, they always make their free throws. I'll say that about the, the Rockets. If anything else goes wrong, you know they're good for some damn free throws. They made 87% as a team, which is astronomical. That's amazing. But they also got out-rebounded almost by 30. You know, the, the Bucks had a 29-plus rebounding uh, advantage over them. And, once again, they just keep going back to the same things that I think made them lose before. And, mind you, these two wins were very impressive. And it's not to take away from what the Rockets are doing. Two wins against a Luka Doncic-led Mavericks team and the best team in the NBA by record, of course, is very impressive. But I just, I don't know, bro. I really want to see them at least with one big, get somebody over 6'10". Because honestly, until three minutes left in the game, wait, maybe even less, maybe two, maybe a minute 30 left on the clock tonight, I thought this was going to be a bad loss for the Rockets just because they literally could not stop anything in the paint. And luckily, the Bucks kind of threw it away from them. But the Rockets, man, I mean, I don't want to keep, you know, being the dead horse, but they got to do something else. I mean, yes. I mean,
0: we, we, we've, seen, we've seen the show before. Exactly. We, we, we know exactly how this season ends.
1: Exactly. And it's just like I want to see better for them because any team with, with, you know, Russ and Harden, and especially Harden being able to score at the output, he you know, he can. As best, he's a, he's a pretty – I would consider him a decently efficient player when he's not just jacking up shots. And Russell Westbrook is the perfect compliment to him, but they have nothing else still. It's almost like the same thing that happened to um to Russ and KD. We know when they finally, you know, when it was just them two, it was just them two and nothing else. Yes, they could go for 30, 40 piece even, but when it comes down to who else is there? Um, Rock is playing P.J. Tucker at five. He held his own against Giannis, but I'm not giving him that. Leverage against guys like 80 or something like that. And
0: yeah, I, I'm not giving. I mean, them. he went three for 12 from the three point line, like exactly.
1: But I mean, when that's just the type of get brand basketball you're playing, I guess is how it's going to happen. Um, live or die by the three, they definitely want to die by it, but they got two key wins right now, so they're kind of learning how to play a little more. You know, it's like they're not, it's almost like they're going three or they're getting a foul. So in that way, they're kind of playing the most efficient style of basketball, but. Sometimes you have to make those tough twos and sometimes you have to kind of blend the lines and have a post game and things like that and it's just not a part of their game. They really is it's almost like they're playing a 5 out which they are actually just playing a 5 out and it's pretty interesting to look at but I don't think it's a recipe to actually win. Um I think they'll get a big soon and I don't think it's going to be this year but uh yeah man the rockets are still just the rockets and it's going to die out eventually but it's fun to watch right now.
0: That's what I was going to go to. It's extremely fun to watch right now. The Rockets as a team have the makings of like they have the makings of almost an off brand warrior. Like, mm-hmm. it's like like personally for me and people I Steph is the greatest shooter. Steph or Clay, you could decide. They're top they're greatest, top three and yeah, the only greatest, other ones Ray Allen. Yeah. Greatest shooters of all time. James Harden, he's an amazing shooter. Like a great shooter. But he's not at that level. And then Russ is like he's that that clay type. He's Great defensively, and he can he can get when he gets hot, he's like stays hot. But Russ is never as consistent as Clay, mm-hmm. and Harden also is not really as assistant at, uh, uh, as consistent as Steph. So Charles Barkley before the Warriors one always said, "You can't win with this style. It's impossible to win with this style." And the Warriors proved him wrong that yes, you can win with this style. But at the same time, the Warriors also got lucky withn't it with that style without KD. When it was just Steph and Clay, the reason they were able to beat Braun was because Kyrie and Kevin Love were both hurt. Mm-hmm. And when Kyrie was able to go, we saw what happened. They up three one, and you're just not able to win. Like they weren't able to win that way. Obviously, they got KD, and that changes the whole equation. But Barkley, low key, he was kind of right with that analysis. It's not. It's not that. It's impossible, but to be a sustained winner, it's hard to win by just constantly chucking up threes and. I think the Rockets are at a place where it's working for them. They, 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 played, a, they played a game where it was 153-149, uh, and it was a fast-paced game. This game was a little bit slower paced where Giannis is getting ready and he's just driving or they're trying to find the best shot, and they were able to play that. So they're able to play different styles, but over a seven-game series, is that going to be able to be successful? I don't know. Against the against Lakers team – I highly doubt it. Like like you said, AD uh, being able to just dominate PJ Tucker. Harold uh, Clippers, their strength isn't their big men, so that may be a better matchup for uh, each other. But at this point, I don't see it. I don't see it sustaining uh, to get you a championship by any means. But it it is a fun game, and they're a fun team, and they're 2-0 so far in the bubble. Uh, Moving on from that team, we're going to go to the Raptors and the Lakers. Mm. What a game. What a game. Uh, the Raptors completely dominated the Lakers. I just have one question. Can the Raptors repeat as back-to-back NBA champs?
1: Honestly, and which is, I didn't even, and I don't know how, it just slipped my mind. First of all, Nick Nurse, he probably should win coach of the year. Coach of the year, yep. Yeah. And it was proven last night, the kind of, you know, the way, I would almost call it a dismantling of the Lakers. Like, you know, that first half, all the first halves have been pretty much close, but that second half, man, that that gap, like, it was just, ooh, man. The, the Raptors somehow have the same exact record, you know, at, at this point, you know, playing, what, 64 games maybe? Uh, I believe it's that, or 65 games? Yep. As they did last year, and they don't have a top five player. Um. So, yeah, Nick Nurse Coach of the Year, shout out to just that whole team just being a great basketball team, bro. Um. They all play their role perfectly. Uh, Kyle Lowry, he he will never get 14 rebounds in that manner that he did again, but he will get you 22 points, and he will get you about six or seven assists. Pascal Siakam will get you key buckets. Um, he was a little bit spotty last night as far as just, like, you know, his field goal percentage and not hitting them all, but that's okay because when you have a great team around you, and especially, you know, the way that starting five gels, they make it work, and I do think they could come out of the East with especially how – the Bucks really don't have that, you know, that key third piece to supplement guys like Giannis and even supplement guys like Middleton, somebody that can create. Because the rappers, I mean, yes, Piasco Siakam's game isn't necessarily like finesse, but he puts the ball in a cup. You guys, you know, you have guys like Kyle Lowry who he just makes a smart move every time.
0: We saw what Van Bleek could do. Uh, we saw what Van Vliet could do in the finals last year where he was able to have his moments where he'll take over for three or four minutes and just go off
1: exactly and that's key when you're playing you know in the playoffs and i think the raptors are prime for another you know late run and i you know they weren't necessarily on my radar coming into the bubble but after just seeing them against the lakers and i kind of think this trend is going to happen where they were just going to end up playing better and better and better especially with the team defense that they play that i think they could easily make a a eastern conference finals run and i would expect them to be right there and um man, I mean, if they match up with the the right team, like, if they play the Bucs again and the Bucs play, you know, how they did today, I think they could possibly be in another finals, which is ridiculous. Um, But yeah, I mean, the Raptors, they they just, you know, as well coached as they are and things like that. I mean, you're talking about a team that could almost just like plug and play with with pieces. They could possibly be the Spurs going forward, like, as far as just, yes, the Spurs have always had, you know, great talent, things like that, but when you're just that well coached and your system just runs like
0: clockwork, bro, it's hard to really stop them. You you pointed it out perfectly. The Raptors, I think, are now Spurs East. I, I truly thought that the the Raptors were literally the Atlanta Hawks for mm-hmm. the longest time, but firing Dwayne Casey, which I was not a fan of, definitely the right move. Nick Nurse knows how to coach great basketball. Not good, but great basketball. Pascal Siak, like and also Masayu Jerry knows how to draft. Oh, yeah. Right Shout first. out. Like,
1: He's the goat. We we don't know this though. We
0: we know Siakam, OG, like all all these guys. Like shout out to Masai. The Raptors, I think they're just perfect. The way that they're constructed is just perfect to defend any team. They can go big, they can go small. Like it's no it's no problem for them. They have Serge Ibaka coming off of the bench. If they want to go super big, they can have a Marcus All, Serge Ibaka. Mm -hmm. If they want to go small, they can go ahead and take um. Take a a Baca, uh, take Gasol out. I mean, and throw in a normal power or uh, a ronde Hollis Jefferson, and just some, just good players, and they know how to play basketball together. Yeah, I think it's kind of an anomaly with Lowry scoring, oh uh, yeah, thirty three and going fifty percent from uh, the field. But I do think they can they can make a long run. Uh, To be honest, I thought they were going to take a step back, losing Kawhi, and I mean, why why wouldn't I think that? Everybody. Exactly. I think I, I don't expected, think anybody
1: thought that would be at the you know at the same pace or even better as a team.
0: Yeah, I. But I, I thought about it. I was like, wait. Kawhi also did sit a lot of games last year, mm-hmm. and they were winning, and they they were able to produce, and that was without OG. And yeah, obviously you're not able to replicate Kawhi's production, but you could try to fill it in with different pieces where Siakam takes another step, and OG who wasn't able to play now is going to take more, more of a role in, in that, uh, that hole that Kawhi is leaving. And I think it's going to work. Honestly, at this moment, if, if we were to do uh, Eastern Conference and Western Conference finals preview, it would be Lakers and Raptors in the finals for me. Mm. And Dwight Howard said it. He said, I think it's going to be Lakers, Raptors in the championship. They're Man. just a team that everything works perfectly. Their defense is suffocating. Yeah, like, that,
1: team. that was one thing I honestly like overlooked about them. Like, And I knew they played, you know, solid team defense and they play a great brand of basketball all around. But watching last night, I was like, wow, there's not really much the Lakers could do. And that has hasn't really been said all year.
0: Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I'm I'm just in awe of Nick Nurse and what he's been able to do. This Raptors team, if they're able to just get if they get. Just not even a superstar. Let's just, get, let's, let's just say they get another star. Mm-hmm. I mean, they'll, they'll be unbeatable, essentially. Um, I want to go over to the Lakers. We obviously talked about Lakers night one. Uh, Clippers-Lakers, what a great matchup. This game, it seemed like it was more the same in the first half where, um, and they didn't have the production that they were getting from AB to keep them afloat uh, in that Clippers game until Bron turned it on. But we talked about this, Micah, uh, in the last pod seems like Braun isn't full go yet. he's yeah. still kind of nonchalant. He, he had a decent game, I mean seven for 15, 20 points, uh, 10 rebounds, five assists. He, he was just going through the motions. but I've seen the same thing in the first two games. At what point of like this the first couple of games do we start getting worried that this is just the Lakers team that we have when well, you don't have Avery Bradley and yeah Dion has played well, but he's not, he's not giving you that defensive production that Avery got. And you you have a lot of misfits on the team. At what point do we actually start worrying about the Lakers?
1: Man, um, and honestly, I want the Lakers to succeed because I do love LeBron James. But um, I guess you kind of have to just look at the week ahead. They have a I, – I would consider a gauntlet of teams just because of, you know, the brand they play of basketball. And so, I mean, they, they're going to end up playing Utah, Oklahoma City, Houston, and Indiana all next week. So, four – Really competitive teams, and you know, looking at Houston after just beating the Bucks, they're going to be looking at this as you know another test for them. Prime time on TNT on Thursday night, but this is going back to the Lakers. I mean, these and none of these guys, you know, teams are, are teams that you can really start slow against. I mean, maybe Utah, but even then, if if you play sloppy basketball and slow basketball against Utah, they're just going to really just grind you out and beat you that way. That's their
0: style. They love playing slow. Exactly.
1: So that's that's not going to really work with them. Oklahoma City. I mean. I've seen CP3 literally be tactical and, and beat teams off of them just not playing, a, you know, smart basketball. The Houston Rockets, I mean, that'll probably be the one game where I feel like the Lakers will have a, a way better chance, because, you know, we mentioned it when talking about the Rockets, that AD is going to end up probably getting, like, 40 just because, I mean, the style of, you know, post-play that they have is way different than what the Bucs have, and if AD is being posted up by P.J. Tucker, it's not anything he's going to be able to do. Um. And then Indiana, I mean, yes, it is Indiana, but I, honestly, they're one of my, you know, they've always been one of my sleeper teams. And I think a week of them playing with, you know, with Victor Oladipo in the lineup, they're going to be a tough team on Saturday. So if I'm the Lakers, man, it's time to go. Um, maybe Braun was just kind of getting into, uh, you know, just the feel of things and kind of the flow of things. But these two losses worry me. Well, not the two losses, these two games, I should say, uh, worry me. Only because, I mean, why? Why are you? Why don't you have your foot on the gas? I know I understand that it's not playoff times yet, and I understand that you know you don't have to necessarily put your foot down. You do have control of the first seed, but I mean losing to the you know losing to the Raptors the way they did, and then kind of just their, their lineup of teams going forward. Like man, if it's Thursday and you lost another game or so, like I think they have a the sweep this week, honestly, just to get back into that good footing because starting next week, they have to play Denver, like, just to start the week.
0: (laughs) I mean, it's all playoff games in the bubble.
1: Exactly. Like, these games are high-energy games, and teams are fighting for something. And you don't want to fall into, and, you know, basketball is definitely a a sport of, like, you know, repetition and things. Like, you don't want to fall and get bad reps over and over and over, because, then honestly, you're going to forget how to win, regardless of how great Bron is, regardless of how great AD is. You're going to forget how, you know, it feels to win, and that's a dangerous, that's really, really dangerous when you, you can't go home to your family. You can't really do anything to recharge. You kind of had to just play ball and just get into the feel of that. So, uh, you know, the Lakers are a team that I feel like they go as far as Bron and AD is going to take them. Um, When Bron and AD are, are playing slow, they're not going to win. If Bron and AD are, are playing fast and, you know, high energy, they're going to win. Uh, LeBron's defense has been great, and I'll say that. That's the one thing I have noticed. Yep. He has necessarily – you know, he's been slower on the offensive side, but that man's defense has been locked down, and maybe that's kind of it too. Maybe he's kind of just – feeling his way through it and trying to get more great defensive reps because I know he you know he can turn it on um it's no excuse for AD to like only take like seven shots or whatever he took um against the Raptors maybe he was kind of just taking the night off who knows but uh the Lakers are more capable of what they just showed and I think they're going to show it and if they don't it's kind of troubling for them
0: that's that's what I'm confused about it's I don't know if I'm worried yet or not but they're going to need another win. At what point do you like decide to turn it on? I don't know if LeBron knows his better. knows his body better than anybody else. So maybe he's still just easing into things and not wanting to go a hundred exactly. But the first two games, yeah, LeBron was great defensively offensively. His shot wasn't falling wide open shots. He's just not hitting AD had a great game against the Clippers, kept the Lakers in it, but was terrible against. He might've uh, just
1: been tired or something like that. Like for just carrying a load
0: was terrible against the Raptors. And, it's not that I'm worried that uh, LeBron and AD won't be able to turn it up in the playoffs is what exactly are they going to get surrounding them? What are they going to get to help them? Who's going to – because we talked about it. You're going to need a guy like a Dion to step up one game, a J.R. Smith to step up mm-hmm. one game because two guys, unfortunately, you can't do it by yourself. No matter how many points you want to score, you're not going to be able to do it by yourself. And, I mean, LeBron had a, LeBron had a, a decent game, 20 points, uh, 10 assists and all that. But the Raptors were still able to body body you guys and take your will, and you weren't able to do anything. Like you said, this week is important because if you go one and three this week, it's a problem. Yeah, you're in a bad spot because you're you are playing all playoff teams, and if you go like one and three, it's a problem. Two and two, yeah, okay, sure. Three and one, okay, you guys are fine. But this week is going to be pivotal to see because if we sit here this time next week, Lakers went one and three this week. I am not picking the Lakers to go to the to the finals. You just can't, yeah. Because at that point, you would have lost a couple of games. and You're like, all right, the buck stops here. We're going. We're going to turn up, and this is that. And LeBron's going to have to take over one game. I don't know. I, I'm not worrying yet for the Lakers, but I am. I'm getting very, very close to it. Mm-hmm. But moving on to the Lakers, let's go to another LA team, the Clippers. Uh, Clippers obviously lost to the Lakers, but they came back with a vengeance against the Pelicans. Uh, Paul George. Uh, regular season P had another <laughs> had another amazing game. 28 points, uh, 8 for 11 from 3. Kawhi did his thing, and everybody, literally everybody on the team uh, contributed. Without Lou Will, without Montres Harrell, they smacked the Pelicans. Mm-hmm. Uh, if, if I'm another team in the West, uh, I'm nervous. Like, yeah, if, if they start to get in their groove and they're starting to knock down shots like this, it's going to be tough to beat that type of team. But what did you see from the uh, Pelicans-Clippers game?
1: Man, um, so I'll start with the Clippers actually because I think this is the perfect win for them to get back on their feet without their two probably their most important pieces outside of Kawhi Leonard and Paul George. Um, I mean when you win a game like they did in the fashion that they did, when you have guys like man, you have you have guys like Joe Noah. I mean yes, he didn't do much, <laughs> but he's out there and he's giving his all. You have guys like Jamichael Green out there who. I mean, maybe I just underrated his three point ability for the last two games. Yeah, knocked a couple of threes down, bro. Like spot up threes. I think this is his second game, maybe with like three three pointers made, and kind of just doing it, like just knocking them down with ease. You gotta have man. You gotta have Patrick Patterson playing 22 minutes in 2020. Um, you know, and these are guys that are just you know filling in for when the stars come back, when the two six men, possible six men of the year, come back. Um. Yep. Which is pretty damn scary, honestly. Um, you know what Giannis is gonna do. Uh Giannis, I'm sorry, sure, you know what Kawhi Leonard is gonna do. Um, he was a little bit inefficient, but that's okay because when he gets to the line, he makes a shot. And if Paul George can do what he does as far as just shooting a high percentage, may I don't know if Paul George can consistently make eight three pointers, but uh if he makes four, that's okay. Bro. I'm fine with that because you know he's gonna be able to score points. <laughs> and then when you just add Lou Wood to that, who's good for a, a good eighteen to twenty, you had Tres Harrell, who's good For a good 13 to 15, but he's going to play lights out defense. This team is starting to look like that team that we thought early on was the possible, you know, a possible team that could defeat the Lakers and get into the finals. And with the way the Lakers are playing right now, I mean, it's really possible. I mean, maybe more so than ever, the West looks extremely wide open. You know, it's just been two games, but still, I mean, these games matter, especially going into you know, building momentum up until the playoffs. You, you want teams like the Clippers to show their dominance without their star players coming in, without, you know, being at full strength. Because when it all comes together, it's going to be, you know, it's going to be one of those things where they're going to have to gel and, and just play that brand of basketball. So, um, I mean, hey, if Paul George – and, you know, the really the key here is – because everybody else, in my opinion, on this team is going to show up when it matters. But if Paul George can get you that 25, you know, moving up to 28 points an efficient, you know, style, not, not turning the ball over – um, not really making dumb mistakes, not really trying to do too much. This team, man, they're looking like one of those teams that's going to be really hard to beat them, and they're already going to be like that. But if you have this kind of, you know, the perfect brand of basketball that they can play, and I hope they start to play and, you know, show more of it, this team is going to be one of those teams that you're going to see in the Western Conference Finals, possibly being a finals team. So uh, the Clippers look dangerous. I don't really, I mean, for the Pelicans, and I'm just trying to avoid it, but please play Zion, bro.
0: That's, that's that's all i want to watch like the only reason i'm watching pelicans games is for zion if you're not playing zion i, I really do not watch i don't
1: want to see Lonzo ball go two of six two of ten like bro i get it Play- and they
0: keep saying that they're playing him in these in this burst like this burst minute, they're not the he played
1: he bro he played under 15 minutes in a 48 minute game bro
0: like it's it's just it's not gonna work um I mean, I think we talked about the Pelicans. At this point, they put themselves in a position where yeah. they have to win the rest of their games, go six and zero the rest of the way to get into a plane because uh right now Yeah
1: <laughs> who would have
0: thought the San Antonio Spurs are uh, currently in that ninth seed, just Pop, out bro. of nowhere. Pop was able to just sneak in there. You got San Antonio, Portland, New Orleans, Sacramento, uh, who looked who looked good. Um looked good in the first game, kinda struggled. Mm-hmm. Uh, kind of struggled uh, today. But the Pelicans, they, they put themselves in a position where uh, they have to win out. And let's, let's, let's actually group those teams together right now. Um, the Grizzlies are 0-2 in the bubble at this point.
1: Which, which is surprising which, to me.
0: Which uh, a loss to the Spurs and then uh, a loss to the Spurs and then they lost to the Blazers. Blazers lost to the Celtics today. So there's a bunch of just shuffling going around. Do you think that there's a chance? Because the Grizzlies schedule, I don't think it gets much easier from here let me see if i can quickly uh if i can quickly pull up pull up the schedule but i don't think the schedule gets much easier from here and then you're at a point where it's like oh so you have a, a pivotal game against new orleans mm-hmm. if New Orleans is able to win that they're able to get a full game on uh the grizzlies Then you have utah okc toronto mm. Boston, oh my gosh
1: those last three games for the grizzlies are well i really those last five i mean Really, every single game. Besides that, really, honestly, what it comes Besides down to. the Pelicans game, yeah. yeah. So, re- it's really important to win this game on Monday for them, or tomorrow for them, because if they don't win that game, bro, I don't know if they win any of the next five games, realistically. Unless, like, unless Oklahoma City blows it, man, uh, e Yikes.
0: Like, you, like first of all, you have to pray that, like, the Bucks are, the Bucs and the Celtics are just resting mm-hmm. their players because they already have everything locked in. But if those teams are full go, the Grizzlies could straight up just fall out of, like, not even be in the playing game. We could have two two teams that we didn't expect, like a Pelicans and a, a Blazers or a Spurs and a Blazers or a Spurs and Pelicans in that eight-night season. Man,
1: uh, if I was a betting man and, and I don't really get into that side, but I might have to right now because uh, I would bet – but the Spurs and Blazers the probably be in those playing games. Uh, Who'd have thought? Yeah, I
0: love. I, I love. I mean, Pop is just—he's just a goat, man. Pop is always. Who been, did, yeah. Nobody, nobody talked about the Spurs once in the restart. It was all oh the Pelicans, the Blazers, oh the eight nine versus the Grizzlies, and now we're looking at it. We're like, wait, hold up—they're <laughs> here. <laughs> the ninth seat is occupied right now by the Spurs, and I don't know. I don't see because let's see, the Blazers are current. Uh, the Grizzlies are currently two games ahead of the Spurs. Mm-hmm. And they are, it looks like two and a half or three and a half uh, up on the Pelicans. If they lose to the Pelicans and they just spiral, they, they could be easily out. And after seeing Portland today, they were down a lot. Uh, they fought back. I think their team is really, it's really, really, a really, really good team. Gary Trent from Duke, I think he's taking that next step. Yeah. Carmelo is playing his role. That's a tough matchup in the first round if you're the Lakers. You do not want to see the Blazers out of all of those teams.
1: Oh, absolutely not. And um, I was talking to one of my friends about it today. I'm like, man, if – I still think the Lakers will be able to, you know, edge them them out. But, I mean, that's one of those series that might even go to seven just because of what they can throw at you. We know the Dame factor. We know Dame time. And I wish – I wish he would have took that shot today. He had that open look. It's okay. I I, I get it. That was his (laughs) shot to take, though. He, he thought he had a timeout problem. Yeah. That's the only reason. The, you know, the Chris Weber thing. He probably thought he had a CO, which is, you know, I guess it happens sometimes getting in the heat of the moment. Um, that's the damn shot. Dame needs to take that shot. But, you know, regardless of that, the Blazers, man, what they can do and you know, just the, the way they can score. They're not going to play too much team defense, which that's probably the only thing that I hate seeing about them. Uh, they they don't necessarily you know, it's kind of the same thing with the Boston Celtics. Yes, they have a guy like Nurkic down there. But he's not necessarily – he's not going to be that guy. And, of course, Hassan Wise, But what are you getting out of, the, out of these guys that's going to be able to stop guys like AD and stuff like that?
0: I mean, they, they, they didn't stop anything today. Exactly. In the first half, they didn't, they didn't stop anything. Exactly. They 128 points. And I, think
1: that's, and I think that's going to be kind of the story with them. They're going to be able to put up a ton of points. Like They're going to be able to shoot the lights out. They're going to be able to score with any team in the league. But when it gets crunch time, who's going to be able to do it? But um, you know, just them being a, a possible eighth seed is is scary, just because it might be one of those nights where Dame puts up forty five and CJ puts up thirty, and you might get and nothing
0: you can do. You might get
1: Melo spawning up twenty one points, and Gary Trent might make five threes, and Nurkic might end up with a fifteen and eleven game with three blocks. And then what are you doing about that? I mean, even if you win that game, it takes a lot out of you when you have to play again in two nights or uh, in a night, you know. So. The Blazers is just optics coming in. I don't know if they're necessarily a team that I will watch for as like a possible like Cinderella team, but they're going to cause fits for whoever they play in the playoffs, which is very scary. Um, but man, if it's just between like you know them and the Spurs, I would take I would take you know the Blazers, but uh the Spurs, dog. I mean,
0: for a team you just don't even talk about at all. Don't talk. Don't think about. Uh, let's let, let's run through the. Spurs schedule. Mm-hmm. With. Um, they have the 76ers who will get to their game in a little bit. Uh, Denver, Utah, the Pelicans, Houston, and Utah. So two games against Utah. Not Utah is a slow team that doesn't really like to push the pace. Mm-hmm. That's what the Spurs like to do. Um, The Pelicans, who knows where they're going to be at that point. Uh, Denver is, is, is going to be a tough one. So It's not like it's a gauntlet like the Grizzlies. So if the Spurs can just tread along, Man. They, they have a chance. They have a real chance.
1: They could easily win four out of the next six games. Yep. I think that's really actually realistic because, you know, honestly, in the most toss up the two toss up games that I'm kind of like that will either put them at a split or you know, uh, possibly like a, a losing record will probably be the Sixers and um, Houston. But everybody else, I, and you know, of course, Denver is going to be one of those games that's also very important. So out of those three games, but Denver, Denver's a young team. Exactly. You know
0: how how pop does with young
1: exactly and i think that's one of those things where they could just out be you know be out coached and you know pick up a win and it'll probably be a great game and all that but you know outside of of philly when they're gonna have to face brett brown one of the pops disciples and houston just does whatever they want on whatever night you don't know what houston team you're getting um you know they might be able to go four and two and you see them right there and that's yep and that's one of those things where it's just like i mean we go back to it all the time where you kind of always want the better, you know, a better coach team and a team that could play. I don't want to say the Spurs, I say play positionless basketball, but they do a good job of kind of just blending, you know, interior defense with, uh, with perimeter defense and kind of just getting good shots when they need to. They push the pace, which is, it's, it's good for them. And they kind of just make it happen. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they're right there.
0: Yeah, I, I, I totally agree with you there. And uh, DeRozan had a good good game. Uh, Murray is working and mm-hmm. it's just a team that's just going to be steady. They need another superstar. They need either LaMarcus Aldrin to go back to Blazers days or something like mm-hmm. that. Because If they want to make some actual noise, but to make the playoffs, they are... They have a chance. Yeah. They definitely do have a chance. Um, moving on from them, I want to talk about uh, Saturday's games with uh, we had three blowouts. Even though the score doesn't indicate it for the uh, the... Pacers, Sixers, that was a blowout. Mm-hmm. Team. Oh, yeah. It was never really close. But you have the Miami Heat, the Oklahoma City Thunder, and the Indiana Pacers. All three of those teams are second-tier teams that we don't really talk about as teams that could potentially be in a final, mm-hmm. like maybe an Easter Conference Finals. After watching those games, or is there any team there you can be like, man, they're gritty enough and they play a game well <laughs> enough that I think potentially maybe they can find themselves in uh in a finals because you know you have a Chris Paul who's a vet and Jimmy Butler and Bam and T.J. Warren going. For <laughs> not gonna get that obviously every game, but Victor Oladipo is coming back and getting into the mix. Do you find? Do you see yourself with any of those teams that could potentially crack it to the next level where you're like, oh, they could potentially make the finals.
1: Mm-hmm. So honestly, and you know. I've always been a proponent of the Heat possibly being a team that could beat the Bucs, you know, later down the line if they match up with them just because of how gritty they are and how adept they are. You know, Bam Adebayo is – we consider him, uh, you know, we consider him almost a Giannis stopper because, I mean, we just be able to throw him off his game? It's really hard for the Bucs to win. We saw that tonight, even though he got all his – you know, he got all his points and all his stats and things like that. But when it mattered, where was Giannis, you know? Um, Really, the two East teams are teams that I could see getting into that second round, both of them really the Heat and the Pacers at full strength playing at their very best. I mean, uh, you know, as far as the Pacers go, you're not ever going to see TJ Warren scoring 53 points, but they can beat a team like the 76ers without that. Victor Oladipo can easily get you a 25 a night and kind of fill that gap. The 76ers are a team that, you know, they underachieve greatly. And I think that's pretty much their destiny until something shakes with them. So I don't see them as true contenders. The Heat, on the other hand, I feel like just the more they play, the better they get. You know, um, in the regular season, of course, they absolutely, um, you know, they absolutely controlled their division and things like that, almost a 10-game a, a lead. But, I mean, shoot, this team is well-constructed to beat any team in the East. Um, and, honestly, I like them a lot against teams. I mean, just looking going forward, bro, they have a gauntlet as well. Their first three games next week are teams that they could all possibly face in the playoffs. And I think it's going to be a low test for them. And, of course, they play Indiana, too. <laughs> So in the, next, what, in the next week or so, they play Indiana twice. They play Toronto, Boston, and Milwaukee. And then they kind of fill in those cracks with Phoenix and Oklahoma City. So they're getting all those mid-tier teams that could possibly, besides Phoenix, of course, that could possibly make a little run to the uh, conference finals. I could see the Heat possibly winning four of those games. Like, realistically, um, I think they could beat Boston. I think they may be, uh, may be able to beat Milwaukee on Thursday night. I'm really looking at this uh, Toronto game going forward, but I mean, I think they could, and you know, the, the two Indiana games are possibly going to be kind of the split between like, you know, who's going to make that run for the Eastern Conference final who's going to be out in round two. But this is a team that's very well constructed. Jimmy Butler is going to do what he's always really done. He's a three and deep like, connoisseur. He just gets that done every single time if they can start getting their shooting, you know, at that clip where it's been, where they have guys like Duncan Robson and Tyler Harrell just absolutely being lights out, and they have the depth to kind of fill in, the, uh, you know, fill in the blanks everywhere else. I think they're one of my teams and one of my sleeper teams to make the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I wish Victor Oladipo would have played. You know, he of course he was hurt. I wish he would have uh, been able to play more this year because I feel like in rhythm, the Pacers are one of the dirtiest teams in the league. Um, realistically, I don't know if it's this year that we would see them kind of make that jump. But for the Heat and Pacers to be the 4-5 and five seed, they're at they're that, you know, and I wish, you know, I don't know if the rankings and stuff are going to flip enough to where they don't see each other in round one because I don't want them to necessarily see each other in round one because I want them to beat other teams. Like, I want them to beat pretenders like the Philadelphia 76ers, and I want to see what they do against a team maybe like the Celtics because I think they could take them in round one or round two, really. But uh I would say the Heat is probably that team that's like they could possibly make that run, and I'm really looking forward to see how they play, honestly.
0: Um. With the Heat, I, I have a similar like worry and issue with almost like the Bucks, where they're such a they're a good defensive team, mm-hmm. but is Jimmy Butler? We've seen Jimmy Butler close before, but can he close consistently? We saw it in the mm-hmm. in the Raptor series where he almost was able to close them out in Game Seven, but he wasn't able to, and that's my biggest question with um the Heat, the Thunder. It's just the West is a god. Yeah, like I love CP three. I love Shea. I love. Uh, Gallin, Gallinari. I, I love their whole team. It's just the West is just so talented that it's not realistic for. Real. I think they fall short if they match up with the Jazz in in the first round. Oh yeah, they could definitely mm-hmm. upset the Jazz or maybe a Nuggets team. But besides that, not much. Like you said, the Pacers. If if Oladipo is able to get to eighty five percent, ninety percent, they're ten that's deep, a...
1: bro. They're ten deep like roster wise. Like they they can put out any ten that's working. With the included, without T.J. Warren, like
0: yeah, that's 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 a team you, you are very scared to see because they have a Miles Turner who can body be a big man in, in the paint. They have a guy that can take over, and we see take over if Victor Oladipo if he's back. Um, you have an Aaron Holiday, you have a uh McDermott, mm-hmm. like all, all these guys, just good players all around that are able to just be like another similar to Raptors type where they just play good basketball. It's just good basketball. And Oladipo, 32 minutes, 15 points. A very chill first game back. And if <laughs> you're able to build on that, the Raptors could be uh, – the Pacers could be a very scary team uh, you don't want to see in the Eastern Conference. But I think they're still stuck in that second tier for a reason. And the Pacers is, are they going to be able to score at a pace with those teams? Yeah, when, uh, <laughs> obviously when Warren uh, goes for 53, he's gonna, they're going to be able to. Yeah. going to happen. Uh, every game. So we have to see what they do the rest um, of the bubble. But I was super uh, excited by, by that. And the Nuggets, that was just a weird game, I think. Um, yeah. Uh, you, don't, you don't have Jamal Murray yet. Uh, you don't have... I think they're missing somebody else. Uh, they're missing somebody else, but Jamal Murray wasn't playing. And, I mean, your starting five was Jokic, uh, Morris, Torrey Craig, Michael Porter, and Millsap. Mm-hmm. You, Monte Morris is good coming off the bench. But you need your guy Jamal Murray to to truly be able to uh put the team together. Mobile yeah. playing yeah. 12 minutes, I think that he needs to that needs to kick up. Um he was two for four from the field, uh five points. I know he's still a young rookie, but I think I'm I think at this point I'm more comfortable playing Mobile than playing Mason Plum. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I just think Plumley is you know what you're gonna get, like not much. He went three for four, seven points, sixteen minutes. I think you get more out of Bo in, in 20 minutes and you just take plumbing down to 10, 15 minutes if, if he even gets those seven minutes. But maybe they're just trying to build Bo up. And I understand the process with rookies, ease them into it. I think that's the same thing we're seeing with the Pelicans do with Zion. Like, yeah, he's going to be amazing, blah, 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 but we're going to ease him to it. And if that's the case, yeah, sure. Um, Let's l- let him ease into it. But the Nuggets have a very small window of where – you have Jokic. Uh, you don't have to pay like Jokic. You gave Murray your his deal. Michael Porter's still getting better. Bo Bo is there, so it's you have a three four year window. So it's not something that you want to waste uh, trying to ease everybody uh, into it. Um, mm-hmm. I think we covered essentially all the teams that are worth covering. Kings, Magic, nobody cares. Uh, Suns, nah, uh, <laughs> Suns, no nobody cares about the Suns. Did beat the Mavericks, which that's
1: is interesting. interesting. It's interesting.
0: Yeah, I was I was gonna say say, the the Suns now after they beat the Wizards and they beat the Ma- Mavericks, if they get on the roll here, they can potentially maybe try to sneak in too. I think they're too far back to be able to sneak in, but mm-hmm. two games so far and Devin Booker, man. Yeah. He is he's special. He he he's <laughs> talk, been yeah, very talk
1: special. about a guy taking the next step, bro. I mean and it was crazy, he's always been that all star caliber player. And he's finally yeah. starting to get that love, but like this is probably the most the Suns have ever been Really, since he's been there on a national type of stage, like they're they're there, so they're getting the love a little bit right now. And you seeing what a good Suns team is capable of. if they actually have you know a good infrastructure and coaching around them, they're really talented. I mean, yes, they're a young team, but dog, they they go about 92, which is pretty scary. Um, if you got a guy like Darius do what he does off the bench, you know, give a good 22 minutes, and get 13 points. That's uh, it's a
0: it's a low key like bro, just. Good, good players. You have like a, a vet, like Ricky Rubio. Mm-hmm. You have Saric. If Uber was playing, like you would have had Uber. Exactly. Aiden is getting better. Uh, Booker. Like it, it, when you were looking at the team, it's like, oh, man, this got a, it's a lot of guys on this team that you, that, you know, that have produced in the NBA before. And
1: honestly, it's a team that they could keep together, too. It wouldn't be one yep. of those things where, like, you have guys like, oh, my value is so much greater somewhere else. He's all all the guys are with the Suns except Devin Booker for a reason, really. Um, either they were lottery guys or the guys have been traded there to get other assets from other teams. But I mean, now that they're there, they start winning a couple games, and I don't necessarily think they're a team that can sneak into the A.C. I think, like you said, they're too far back. But this is great for them for momentum going into the next season, whenever it starts. Next because now, you you know, on, on a big stage like this, you're like, hey, we can compete. Let's start playing a better brand of basketball, and let's get this thing rolling. So the Suns being here is honestly really important, and almost the same for the Wizards. It's really important for them to be here, because Those are the teams that are, they're like just great basketball, like, you know, consistently great basketball. Like, if they could just play that at a consistent level, they would be teams that would be, you know, have better records and and be able to play a better brand of basketball. So them being here is honestly really important just for their future going forward. You don't want to see teams like them left out just because, I mean, these are the the young future, you know, teams that can take over in the future.
0: Yeah, this is is where I get upset that, we don't have just you could keep it east and west but for playoffs you just take the top six Mm -hmm. teams either record wise because after watching like the nets today and orlando magic they were pretty good but obviously they've lost jonathan isaac Mm -hmm. now like i would rather see a sun's team like a 116 suns uh bucks where the suns if Devin booker gets hot yeah there's there's a potential he could take a game Oh, no, we're gonna see the Nets and we're gonna see the Bucks and the Bucks are gonna steamroll the Nets because the Nets don't have anybody there. So that's why I'm such a big proponent of the one uh sixteen matchup. But quick hitters, Micah, for uh tomorrow. Uh we have what's 5, one, two, three, four, five, six games. Mm-hmm. Uh just quick hitters of uh who do you have winning this game and maybe give you the player of the game. So we'll start at one thirty, Raptors Heat.
1: Oh, that's just, I would rather see that at nine o'clock. But regardless, I think Toronto wins this game. Um, I have Pascal Siakam playing a, a more clean game. You probably get, you know, around that twenty-five point range. I think he'll end up being played a game, but it'll be a you know a great game, and that's that's way better than NBA TV, t- uh, an NBA TV game. But uh, I I would say Pascal Siakam for that. And Raptors.
0: Yeah, I agree too. I think the Raptors, their defense is just uh, suffocating. And there's been some like reports about Jimmy Butler didn't go to practice. and mm. They don't know exactly if he's going to play yet or not. So. I'll stick with the Raptors. Uh, Nuggets-Thunder, another fun game. Um, what do you have winning that one?
1: Um, I'm going to take the Thunder in this. Um, yes, the Nuggets have the potential to do whatever they want on the court, but um, a lot of guys are day-to-day right now, and uh, if I'm not mistaken, I think Will Barton might be out tomorrow, something like that. I think they're recovering from, um, you know, the games that they played. So uh, I would take CB3 and his veteran leadership taking this tomorrow.
0: Yeah, I, I-, I take the Thunder, too. Uh unless Jamal Murray's back. I think if Mm -hmm. Jamal Murray's back, they they bring out like their playoff type of lineup and what exactly they want to do going into the playoffs. If Murray is there, I'll take the Nuggets. If not, uh, Thunder. Uh, Super quickly, we already know who's winning this one. (laughs) Pacers-Wizards. Wizards Wizards are putting up good fights. I love my Wiz, and they don't really have a star there. But obviously, this is the Pacers game.
1: Yeah, it's Pacers all the way, man. It's not what you must say about it.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hopefully, Oladipo is able to take another step. Uh, Arguably, the game of the night grizzlies pelicans uh both teams that are zero and two looking for that first win in the bubble who do you got
1: i have the new orleans, uh new orleans pelicans um i really really hope they free zion um if not brandon ingram is going to do his thing uh he'll probably end up with a 30 piece but uh if zion literally plays 20 minutes it's going to make so much of a difference i don't know why they keep capping him around that 15 minute mark but um i'll take pelicans
0: all right, uh, this is, it's harder this than it seems, bro, because like, you don't know what team you're getting from both. Yeah, because the jaw looks so good, and they played a great game against the uh, great game against the Spurs today. But coming off of a back to back, yeah, I thinking, I'm sick. I'll take Pelicans. Uh, let's see if Zion, if they increase his minutes each and every game. Um, Spurs, Seventy Sixers. We didn't touch on the Seventy Sixers, but they had a really good game. They had a really bad game. Uh, they're. They're an up and down team and that's what they're always gonna be. Uh who do you have in this game?
1: Um I'm gonna take the Philadelphia Seventy Sixers. Um, you know, I talked about it with the Spurs. This is one of those games where like they might lose it and they still might be able to go like four and two. So um I would take the I would take the seventy sixers, but uh I still think they're on the hot seat as far as teams that might be pretenders going forward.
0: And that's the exact reason why I'm taking the Spurs. <laughs> I think the Seventy Sixers are pretenders here. Uh it already seems like they had four months off. Yeah. Why exactly are you guys getting in fights in the second game of the bubble? Man, free shake Milton, bro. <laughs> with with shake Milton, like, come on, man. Like that's that the 76ers, That was the biggest thing about them, where they're like, they don't really get along. And four months off, you don't got, have to see anybody, and you're already at each other's throats. It's not give a good me the look. Spurs, give give me the give me the Spurs, and give me the uh, uh, pop led team. And to cap off the night, the Lakers are back in action against. The Utah Jazz, the Jazz coming, they're blown out uh, by the Thunder on Saturday. Who do you got in this game? Um, it won't be a
1: blowout, but I do have the Lakers taking this. Um, it's time for Bron and AD to do exactly what they need to do, and it's time for them to put a dominant performance together. They kind of need to because, like we mentioned, it's one of those things where, like, if they don't get on a roll now, when are they ever going to? When are they going to get up? Um, it's time to start right now. Start, you know, Monday, fresh week. Let's get to it. Let's start getting these wins.
0: Yeah, I think it's the easiest game of uh, the week, essentially, for them and I think this is, this is Braun's game. This mm-hmm. is Braun where he's like, all right, time to wake up. We're getting close to the playoff time. I think this is a 30-point game for Braun. You have eight, eight assists, seven rebounds, something like that. 80's going to uh, contribute his 25 and 10, and the Lakers uh, get back on track. But that's going to do it for this episode of Inside the Bubble. We'll be back next time to discuss more games, discuss where we think each team is at in, in their bubble and how many more games that they have. And as we get closer to playoff time, starting to break down the standings, the matchups, and what we think is going to happen. But for Mike and Micah, thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode.